Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Our area's most beautiful properties deserve the finest realtors. Meeks Realty Group. We focus on buying and selling residential and commercial properties throughout the tri state area. Contact Meeks Realty Group online at meeks.us or call 304 440 1101. The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of 580 WCHS, its employees, or WVRC Media. This is Retire Right Radio, a weekly show from John Burdett at 4th Avenue Financial that aims to answer your questions about financial planning, investing, and how to retire right. 4th Avenue Financial is located in downtown Charleston at 170 Court Street. More information online at 4thAvenueFinancial.com. Join the conversation by calling 304-345-5858 or text 304-935-5008. On Retire Right Radio, let's go live to the studio with host Dale Cooper and John Burdett from 4th Avenue Financial. And every pleasant good morning to you. You're listening to Retire Right Radio on 580 WCHS, the voice of Charleston. A little different look for uh, a Monday morning after such a nice weekend and uh, lead up to uh, and lead up to the weekend last week where we had nice weather every day. It looks like autumn, uh, which uh, came came through and then took a little pause, but it looks like it's back at least this morning. It's dark and rainy this morning. We haven't even had the time change yet, and it's all and uh, well, I guess it's going to be lighter on the other end of that. But it was a dark and rainy morning. Uh, Visibility is a little bit low out there some fog settling across the valley so be careful as you're coming in to work this morning look out for the school traffic there was a lot of that as i was coming in uh so you want to be careful of those things john burdett from fourth avenue financial is joining me in studio this morning john good morning how you doing i'm doing great i uh, appreciate you coming in this morning and as always sharing some of your expertise on things that we're going to be talking about uh, let me get the information out to you if you have any questions about uh, how you can retire right some uh, questions about the stock market the volatility there's a lot of uh, mixed indicators out there that some of the things we're going to get into a little bit this morning um you you can give us a call, 304-345-5858, 345-5858. You can text over your questions to 304-935-5008. That's 304-935-5008 is the phone number, the the uh, text number that you can get in on as well. Fourth Avenue Financial you can find online. It's fourthavenuefinancial.com, fourthavenuefinancial.com. You spell out the whole thing, and you can find the website over there. And also do that search over on Facebook and like the page on Facebook. And uh, one more note that let me give you. It's uh, winningitwealth.com. That is John's uh, standalone podcast that he does. And uh, it's a little bit more of a uh, deeper look into financial uh, to news and indicators and some advice that uh, he can give. So, again, that's at winningitwealth.com, 
winningatwealth.com. I think that gets most of our information out there. I think you did pretty good. Covered it all. So we have a lot of things we're going to talk about this morning. A few things. Uh, we're going to take our typical look back and onto the market, uh, some of the indicators that's out there, or where we stand right now, a little bit of correction territory. Um, and, and things are a little mixed. It's a little bit uh, complicated out there, and that's uh, one of the reasons that John does what he does, because uh, when things aren't so easy, that's when you need to get the experts on your side. So again, if you have any questions about how you can retire right, questions about the market, influences, anything Thing like that right now, you can give us a call this morning at 304-345-5858. So um, <clears throat> uh, you mentioned to me last night when you sent over some uh, things we're going to talk about, we're talking a little bit about correction territory yes. uh, when it comes to the market right now. What does that mean and wh- where are we at for that? Well, it means basically the S&P 500 has fallen 10% from its from its high. Um, I think it's been about three months now. We've kind of been trending down and, and we finally hit 10% down from the uh, uh, this year's high, so that's what a correction is. It's a ten percent, you know, give back essentially. Um, they're pretty common. They're they're very common. They they happen uh, almost every year at some point during the year, um, and usually it takes about three four months for them to kind of see themselves through and back to the high. And of course, coming off of last year where we had such a rocky year, you know, naturally everybody thinks, well, here we go again. And that's not always the case. These these uh, corrections happen in the course of, of a new bull market. Um, so that doesn't always mean it's the end of the of the bull market. It's just a it's just a pullback, a readjustment. Um, you know, you you see some maybe some opportunities there for balance to come into the market where we've had some imbalances and maybe some things that were were too hot. Uh, uh, cool off, and uh, and maybe other things end up participating on the on the backside of this. You know, time will tell. Uh, but the markets, for sure. Um, uh, you know, if we if we look last week, the Dow, for instance, was down two point one percent. So the Dow is actually down year to date two point two percent. The S and P, uh, which had roared ahead, was was down two and a half percent, which is it's still up seven point two percent for the year. But, you know, like I say, we were up about 17% earlier uh, in the year. So it's been quite a give back there. Um, and, and the NASDAQ is still up, but it was down 2.6. So it got hit a little harder last week. Those are the tech stocks that have led all year. Um, and, of course, it, it's still up over 20%. Um, but, um, but lately, that sector has been feeling the heat a little more than, than the broader market, which is opposite of what happened earlier um, in the year. And of course, the bond market is the real driver of a lot of this. The 10-year the, uh, yield keeps taking a run at 5%, and, uh, and it keeps pulling back. I think we're 4.8-something now. But uh, it keeps trying to punch through that 5% uh, uh, level for the 10-year Treasury. And, of course, that rate is what really drives a lot of mortgage rates and, and uh, consumer um, loan rates, that sort of thing. So that's you know a, a pretty big uh, deal for the economy uh, because most of the economy, uh, two-thirds of the economy, is uh, consumer spending. And if you look at the last economic report, um, uh, the U.S. economy grew by 4.9 percent. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask about. Uh, It's a little odd when you – and again, this is one of those things where I guess during less turmoil times or I don't know, you can take snapshots of of where you think things seem somewhat homeostasis, although I don't know if that's ever really the case when it comes to the market. But you could go into a situation saying – 
we had four point what was it six four point eight percent growth nine. yeah four point nine percent growth and we're adding jobs to the uh, job market and we have nearly historic lows unemployment and you go into uh, you go into a meeting with that you're like man things are really cranking doing great right. but it, it just shows how it's the Leviathan is much more complicated than that okay. and it doesn't right. really it doesn't really take to quick reads and I think a lot of people and and more so when we first started doing this show I think when some of this uh, some of these rocky times first really started surfacing we started talking about it but i think people really were enjoying the ease of the market for a long time it was almost a no-lose situation and over the long term we know it's a no-lose situation regardless but still people were playing short short uh playing a little bit more short on time they're not expert but it seems like you know you could fall out of uh fall out of a boat and hit water you can fall out of uh, right. uh of a stock and hit a profit you know for a while there it was pretty easy it's not necessarily easy now because you look at these things um What's the Fed going to do next? Are they going to keep a pause on the on the rate hike? Are they going to or are they still going to maybe raise rates again? I mean, it, you know, one week it looks like definitely not. Another week it's like I don't know what's going to happen here. There's all these mixed indicators that are underneath. Uh, companies are reporting and bottom lines look really good. You know, uh, for the most part, but not yep. all. But not not all sectors are leading that same way. Well, and we have a, a case now where the mood is 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 kind of negative. Where even at companies that report solid earnings, it doesn't necessarily mean their stocks go up. Sometimes right. they they sell off on those earnings, and and um, you know the expectation this quarter was that earnings would come in a little bit stronger. There was a little lull, and 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 earnings are actually uh, were expected to come in strong, uh, which they by and large have. Um, you know, the big question is what's going to happen to the consumer. You know, consumer spending is two thirds of of economic activity and at some point do uh wh- where does the uh, uh the fuel end f- for that now wage growth has been you know pretty good um and that that helps keep consumer spending up um and and inflation is moderated but a lot of the uh, excess savings that were were had during the covid period you know we're kind of getting spent through some of those you're starting to see credit card balances picking back up as we talked about with higher interest rates, that's more expensive to carry. You know, where where does the consumer finally get pinched? And like I say, that doesn't mean consumer spending stops. It just means where does where do we get to the point where you know they're they're somewhat tapped out and take a breather and things slow down a little bit? Is it somewhat of a diversion indicator that that sentiment? towards the economy is largely negative. People have a, a generally negative sentiment towards right now, but consumer spending's up. Usually, doesn't it, those two things go hand in hand? Usually, if you have a negative outlook, you, you keep, but uh, I think I saw the consumer spending is up, uh, even if uh, adjusted for inflation and everything else, so that consumer spending is up, uh, savings is down, and credit card balances are up. Yes. Um, these all seem a little, I mean, just from the outside looking in, a little concerning, to be honest with you, <laughs> because uh, interest rates are going up, so, so it's like we burned through the excess money that we had after COVID, got maybe kind of used to some of the expenditures that we that we were taking on. Some people have peeled back on those, of course, and looking at reality. And some people, instead of maybe looking at that, have 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 gone over to the credit card to start right. uh, filling in some of those gaps. And that's expensive. Credit is super expensive right Credit's now. Credit's super expensive. And some of the things that people got used to buying, you know, door dashing. Uh, uh, you know, a $10 meal that turns into a $25 meal, oh my uh, goodness. you know, that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, I'm not opposed to those things occasionally, but, but when they become a habit, they, they really blow a hole in the budget pretty quick. And I, I suspect there's a, there's a lot of folks that, uh, uh, have 
probably got comfortable using those services and and it'll you know my opinion those are the things that will get pinched when when we when we get to uh, uh the slowdown i can definitely see that i uh we haven't used uh um, non-native delivery services for a long time since probably a couple of years now, just because it is so expensive. You know, right. like a pizza place that delivers is a pizza, but you know that you sure. know that that's kind of baked into it, literally. But <laughs> but the uh, but uh, you know when yeah, exactly, but when you're getting other things delivered to you that goes through some of these third-party places, of course the price goes up. My wife was really desirous of uh, of a of a fast food breakfast this weekend, and I worked super early. When I was on my way home, I knew neither her nor my kid were awake, and I. I had stuff to do once I got home, some errands to do around the house. I was like, you know what? This one morning, I'm going to get home. I'm going to do all the things I need to do. I know the wife and kid will wake up a little bit later on. I'm going to order breakfast from the fast food place and have it delivered to me. And I did. And it wasn't super expensive. Breakfast tends to be a little cheaper. But I did notice from the bottom line and then what the cost was after delivery and tip and everything else. It was like, man, no wonder I don't do this anymore. I added about 35% overall after the delivery fee and right. it being a relatively cheaper meal anyway when you're talking about breakfast. I added like 35% to my dang bill. It worked out for me that morning. It was a one-time thing. You know, it's not something I'm going to do all the time. But I was thinking back to the days when we did this almost, you know, three or four days a week or something like that, man. And, I mean, that could get, stuff gets expensive. Oh, no doubt about it. I, I go <laughs> with my kids. I go over this all the time. <laughs> I, uh, uh, my son was over at my daughter's house, and, and uh, um, he came back after visiting her with a, a Sonic slushie. Like Sonic, where's Sonic? Oh, that's down in St. Albans. I was like, you guys went down to St. Albans to get oh, a couple no. of sl- no, you know they they Uber Eats or whatever it was uh, uh, two uh, slushes and had them delivered from St. Albans. Now, how does this make sense? Just drinks? Yeah, just drinks. They weren't hungry. They just wanted slushies. It's like. You know, things don't work this way. That's literally setting your money on fire. <laughs> At least it feels like it. Holy cow. Just for a couple of drinks. I mean, come on. <laughs> but, you know, that, that people get into that routine and it's hard to break. It, yeah, and, and you get used to the convenience. And that's something that you and I never had. You know, I remember uh, the first time I went to New York, which was in the uh, early 90s. I was amazed that there were places that delivered food besides pizza and Chinese. Right. It was like, holy cow, you could get something besides pizza and Chinese here being delivered. I mean, for the longest time, even in relatively large markets, those were the only things you could have delivered to you was, for right. the most part, pizza and Chinese. And so I think here when we got the availability, is like, well, you mean I could get hamburgers delivered and spaghetti and, you know, everything else? <laughs> it seems like a good idea until you realize that that food is just never as good. I mean, I'm sorry. Oh, no. It's just not. It's just oh. never as good. Yeah, my family makes fun of my kids make fun of me. Of course, you know, what kids don't make right. fun of yeah, parents. Right. But, but uh, even a fast food place, I like to go in. I mean, I don't know why, but I there's something about eating in the car on the go. I, I don't like that at all. Oh, I got you. Yeah, and, I got you there. And, right. And so you go in and you realize that a lot of these fast food places anymore, they don't want you in the restaurant. No, they do everything. They've like uh, cordon off half of the the room. They have kiosks in there. Like yeah. it's get rid of the drink machines. Yeah. They've got these bins that the food slides out and you don't even see a human. And yeah. Well, one of the tricks that I used to do is uh, when even if I was getting. Uh, 
food to go, like if I was going home or something like that, I would go in to get it. You know, I, I would, uh, instead of waiting through the drive through line, I would go in and get it. And a lot of times it moved, to me anyway, it seemed like it moved a lot faster. Right. That's not the case anymore because there's nobody working in there. No. Like, you can't, no, go in, you can't like, skip the line. It's like there's only three people working in there regardless. Totally, totally different environment. So just in, the, just in a couple years, it's completely changed. Yeah. But, but that just goes to a lot of things. I mean, that's kind of a microcosm of what we're talking about in general with, with the market. Market changes the way things work. Uh, different indicator. I'm sure that uh, you know McDonald's is probably not cooking any less hamburgers, oh, um, no. probably no. more hamburgers. But the distribution of how that wealth is spread um, from selling the hamburgers is a little different now. Yeah, it's definitely different, and and we'll we'll see what you know what happens to the economy. But you know the the important thing to remember is that this this idea of a recession, and of course people have been talking about this recession for a long time, and it and the economy is surprisingly strong. Um, you know, at some point there will be a recession. It's inevitable. If you it's wait long of, enough, it'll eventually yeah, come true, right? Absolutely, it, it 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 will. And at some point, the consumer will get pinched, and 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 things will slow down for a while. And um, it's important to know, though, that officially, when those recessions get declared, if you look at the stock market's history, the stock market usually rebounds uh, three four months starts rebounding three or four months before the recession is even declared. And then by the time it's declared that it's over, the market's all already at you know record highs. So, you know, you can't wait till the news signals it's all clear. Right, because it's gonna be all clear before that. Absolutely. Yeah. So so that's what makes it so difficult and why long term thinking really has to be the way you manage your portfolio. It's 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 impossible to to predict all of those things. John Burnett from 4th Avenue Financials in studio with us this morning, answering your, your questions about uh, how you can retire right. Any questions you have, you can give us a call. 304-345-5858, 345-5858. You can text over your questions to 304-935-5008, 304-935-5008. With what's going on as far as the mixed indicators, uh, certain industries may be lagging behind a little bit. Um, if And like we've talked about, on here before, you kind of try to see through the fool's gold a little bit where there's there's certain companies that are kind of leading the way and then everybody else is really telling the true tale. There there are some concerns here, but also that means that it's a great time to take a look at you can you can see how your portfolio handled the, has handled the stress of this type of environment. And and so it's like a real time stress test. You can take a look at this and say, Okay, now's my time to take a look at uh, what indices that I'm part of, what investments that I have, and let's rebalance this thing because I probably need to take a look at some some uh uh, I need to take a look at what I'm doing to make sure that I'm fortified against future. That I'm that I'm, and you know, if you're if you're positioned to take advantage of a market that was the 2017 market, for example, you may not be positioned all that great right now. So you might want to look at these things to make sure you're in the best position to take advantage of what's likely to happen with the market in the near future. Well, no doubt about it. And and you know, the probably the best thing, not even the stock market, the best thing to to consider is the fact that uh, fixed income markets are entirely different than they were a year ago because interest rates have changed so much. Oh, interesting. You know, so uh, where you are needing to rely almost solely on the stock market for return over the last really decade, uh, that's not the case anymore. You know, you can get four, five, six percent now on fixed income. You know, that's not equal to the long-term rate of return that you would expect out of the market. But it's the gap is much more narrow than it was, and it's a good tool. You know, it's, it's a, a good it's, safe tool. It's a, yeah. it's a great tool to 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 blend in, and also the concept of the the balanced portfolio, the sixty forty portfolio that that truly uh, 
has has worked long term, but but really failed for the last eighteen months or so. Really, the conditions, if you look fundamentally, are set up to where well, it's not going to fail forever because of of uh, of the interest rate shift. You know, like I say, your fixed income is paying, and and at some point, and I think this is you know there again this gets into a little bit of opinion uh but some of these things that have been left behind have been the value stocks the dividend stocks the things that that um uh really the bond market and bond yields fixed income yields are competition to mm. now those are great companies that are trading very uh, uh low multiples compared to the rest of the market they've not participated at all in any of the rallies we've had, a matter of fact, a lot of them are are, are even down for the year significantly. Um, what what happens when interest rates peak? You know what happens when the Fed says, "Hey, we're we're done." Well, all of a sudden, that weight is lifted off of those. Mm-hmm. You know, if you wait till that happens, it might be too late to get you know to to get positioned there. That's why you can't just give up on things like you know wholesale. Give up on things. It's long-term diversification because those things are going to shift. You don't know when they're going to shift exactly. You can logically look at things and say, hey, um, this should play out this way. But knowing that it might play out that way and knowing when it plays out that way are two different things. And I guess part of it is having, if you have a position, knowing when to ride things out and when is a good time. But uh, you know the, the the classic thing is you don't want to when when a when a market or, or something is suppressed and you have investment in that that's not the time necessarily that you want to offload all of that because that means any previous gains that you've had your original uh, buy-in whatever you might lose all of that and it, traditionally if it's strong enough you know it's going to come back around and you want to be on the elevator as it goes back up you don't want to you don't want it to be halfway back up and then say oh man I need to get back on on, on the elevator because now you're right. you're just losing position on what you had before right and 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 there again there have been study after studies done on this that that trying to time the market never really works um you know warren buffett's own company has gone down 50 percent four or five different times during his career you know why why didn't he get out well he did pretty well over time he just waited it out he just waited it out because he knew what he owned and he knew the fundamentals of things and and he just assume that if the fundamentals keep working, eventually the price will reflect that. And, and that's what's important when you talk about having the proper balance and allocations and things like that. You need to be be able to wait it out. If you're right. super unbalanced in certain areas, or if you have a, um, a situation that doesn't really isn't really compelling for the modern environment of the stock market, waiting it out generally is probably still going to work, but it might take you a lot longer, right, uh, and, for, and, to, to see that work. No doubt, and that's that's where understanding what the purpose of the money is. And figuring out what job you need your money to accomplish for you. Is it short-term needs like income or paying for certain items that, that you have on your goals or, or need list? Um, or is it long-term growth of a portfolio to provide an increasing income stream to pay for a retirement? I mean, those are two different jobs. You, you can treat things – you can treat that long-term investment like it should be if you've taken care of your short-term needs and your allocation. 
And, and like you were talking about getting a 6% return on something, which might be less than what you would expect to get from uh, stock investments or something like that. However, if you're getting that 6% consistently and, the, and, the, and investments are going from like 20% to flatlining to 12% to flatlining, you know, whatever it might be, right. you're always getting that 6% regardless. And that's the, right. that's the safety and the mechanism of the whole thing. And I'm sure there are lots of folks out there listening right now that um, have have stockpiled money maybe in checking accounts and savings accounts and uh, and that didn't hurt you when interest rates were near zero right right well now let's say you have a hundred thousand dollars sitting in a checking account earning nothing I mean you can put that in a a, a one-year bond or a one-year CD or a six-month CD and get north of five percent now well, that's five thousand dollars a year of income just and not taking really any more uh, risk to your principal. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a big difference. And, and um, you know, that has changed so fast. There are still people that are, you know, haven't really thought about that too much. Um, I mean, every day I see people that, that um, like I say, that, that it, it didn't harm them to do that a year ago. And now financially they're leaving lots of money on the table. So maybe this describes you in some part. Maybe you have a question about this and how you can deploy, uh, you know, ever-evolving strategies on helping your retirement portfolio and uh, your wealth management. You can give us a call this morning, 304-345-5858, 304-345-5858. John Burdett is here from Fourth Avenue Financial for another 15 minutes or so. We need to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about get-rich-quick schemes. There's a bunch of these things out there, man, if you're part of social media Everybody has a everybody has a has an angle, and uh, they may not be the best angles. So we're going to talk about some of that stuff when we come back. Uh, if you have any questions about those or about your traditional portfolio, any questions you have about how you can retire right, you can give John a call this morning three zero four three four five fifty eight fifty eight. I'm Dale Cooper. You're listening to Retire Right Radio with John Burdett from Fourth Avenue Financial on five eighty WCHS, the Voice of Charleston. Retire Right Radio is sponsored by Fourth Avenue Financial, which is solely responsible for its content. Securities offered through JW Cole Financial Member Finra Sipic. Investment advice offered through JW Cole Advisors. Fourth Avenue Financial, J.W. Cole Financial, and J.W. Cole Advisors are unaffiliated entities. The opinions expressed by John Burdett should not be construed as specific investment, legal, or tax advice. All economic and performance information is historical and not indicative of future results. Investing may involve risk of loss of principal. Any tax advice on this show is not intended to be used by any person for the purpose of avoiding U.S. federal or state tax penalties that may be imposed on such a person, and each listener should seek advice from their tax advisor or legal counsel on topics that arise from the show. John Burdett is not providing legal or tax advice. Nothing should be construed as solicitation of an offer to buy securities. This program is sponsored by Fourth Avenue Financial, which is solely responsible for its content. Watch 13 News. The shooting that prompted a school lockdown. Live, taking you to the scene. Just in a house explosion. And- Local stories from your neighborhood. Flames were shooting through the building's roof. And- now, giving you the most updated information. This shooting happened right here along a depot street. And live coverage of local stories that matter to you. Amanda Barron. A fire has crews on the scene. Pat Simon. Let's go live now to Santa Carla. Spencer Atkins. We have new severe thunderstorm warning. Storm Tracker 13 weather. Continue want to get in shelter. Keeping you safe. Every weeknight, watch 13 News. Live, local, now. 13 News. Dr. Phil is on the move. New station, new time. You do not want to miss the episodes I have in store for you. Watch me on my new home. Watch Dr. Phil. Weekdays at 3 on WOWK 13. At Consumer Cellular, you get the same exact coverage as the largest carriers, but for up to half the cost. 
Same thing, up to half the cost. Up to half the cost for the same thing. 50% the money for 100% the same thing. I hope I'm making myself clear. Consumer Cellular. When Freedom Calls, we're here to answer. Call us at 1-888-FREEDOM. Half the cost savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single-line 5-gigabyte data plan with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest-cost single-line postpaid unlimited talk, text, and data plan offered by T-Mobile and Verizon May 2023. Brought to you by City National Bank, where you can get a special low-interest rate on a home equity line of credit. For a convenient location near you, log on to bankatcity.com. This is Retire Right Radio with John Burdett from 4th Avenue Financial. Taking your calls at 304-345-5858 or texts on 304-935-5008. You're listening to Retirement Radio on 580-WCHS, the voice of Charleston. I'm Del Cooper. Thank you so much for tuning in. On this Monday morning, about 10 minutes left with John Burdett from 4th Avenue Financial. You can get in at 304-345-5858, 345-5858. You can find out more about 4th Avenue Financial online. It's 4thAvenueFinancial.com. 4thAvenueFinancial.com is where you can find the website. Do that same search on Facebook, and you can like the page over there. You spell out the whole thing, 4th Avenue Financial, located 170 Court Street, downtown Charleston. And uh, their phone number is 304-746-7977. We'll get that information out again before we leave the airways, but you can call us this morning at 304-345-5858. We've talked before about various types of scams or schemes or different things like that. We we have a good amount of fun talking about NFTs and Bitcoin and stuff like that, but that's not the only thing that's out there that people are uh, kind of piling into when uh, making instant wealth, as, as they call it, or or they don't call no. it get-rich-quick schemes. They call it instant wealth or overnight wealth or, you know, uh, uh, any of these number of, things, number of things associated with wealth. But uh, the problem is, is uh, there's a reason not everybody are doing these things. Yes, I, and and I, you know what made me bring this up is my my middle son, <laughs> who who challenges me all the time to debunk all of these things <laughs> that he brings to me, <laughs> and uh, uh, you know this recent one was somebody online was talking about these option strategies, stock option strategies that that. Um, you know, he he supposedly is showing his own statement where he went from two thousand dollars to four million dollars using these strategies, and that um, um, you can safely earn twenty percent a month, whoa, out a year, a whoa, month whoa, using his strategies. And it's like, okay, first of all, let's think about this: twenty <laughs> percent a month. I actually got the calculator out. I had to I had to use this to, to to try to debunk that. I said, you know, it wouldn't take long before you don't all the, have all the wealth in the world if yeah, you could right. make twenty percent a month. Good point, right? And so um, uh, we started out with two thousand dollars in the calculator, and we said, okay, twenty percent a month, and you do that for let's say ten years. How much money would you have? And it came to I can't remember thirty or forty trillion dollars. <laughs> Holy cow! We we found like, it. We found the answer. So, you know now. <laughs> what if everybody did that? Would we just have to make more money? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so 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 clearly something is you know wrong in in that that picture. Right. First of all, the idea that you can safely and consistently make twenty percent a month. You know that right there is a red flag. Right. But then you start doing the math, and it's like, well, this is why it's a red flag. You know, Warren Buffett is one of the most successful investors in the world, and 
Uh, if you look at uh, it's, it's like 14, 15, 16 percent tops is what his long term rate of return has been annually, <laughs> not per month, annually. And that's netted him, uh, you know, over a hundred billion dollars net worth. That's still not a trillion, though. I, it's he, not even a trillion. What, what, what's he, what's he slacking even, off for? You know, so, so, you know, if that's what one of the wealthiest investors in the world has achieved, how is some guy on the internet promising things like that? You have to, you know, really step back and say, okay, does this make sense? Uh, because a lot of things sound good until you start digging into it, and and a lot of times I think folks don't dig; they just. Well, that sounds good. <laughs> they want to believe it, I think. Is this part of this ecosystem that's really developed, and really it's been in the last six or seven years, I guess, this ecosystem of people believing that experts are almost fake news, yeah. that uh, just because you have a degree and you have 20, 30 years of experience in this and you know what you're talking about and you've read the books and you know what each one of these indicators mean down to their their the, the slightest nuance – your fake news, I have it figured out because right. I spent some time on Google and and uh, read a couple of or watched a couple YouTube videos with somebody that claimed to have figured it out. All of these people with their with their institutional knowledge that goes back for generations, for years, and all of your degrees and everything else don't mean anything because I spent two hours on Google. By God, yeah. it seems like there's a lot of that. Whether oh, it be so. it's it's in the medical industry, it's in your industry, it's in my industry, where everybody thinks they're a reporter and they know how to do news. Um, I mean, this is a real problem where you have people basically pretending to do something that they have no idea what they're doing. Absolutely. And and if you do it on the Internet, you can look like an expert exactly. while, you're, while you're, you know, being a fool. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you see that a lot. Like I say, this was an option strategy. Um, I've seen things about real estate investment. Uh, a lot of times you'll see that on the Internet as well. People talking about Real estate can be a great investment. It's a great income-producing uh, investment. It builds worth over a net worth over People time. People screw it up is what happens. They get into it and they screw it up. Well, you, you see these strategies where people are like, well, you don't have to work. Or, you know, just, just you know, buy seven Airbnbs and, and boom, you're, you're rich next month. Well, you don't – unless you have cash, you don't buy seven Airbnbs. You, you you have to finance them. That means you have to pay for them. Oh, if you don't have money, what do you do? You know, where do you start? Oh, you don't even have to buy them now. You you can just rent an Airbnb or rent a house long term and then turn it into sublease an Airbnb. It. Yeah, right. Sublease it. I mean, there are all kinds of things that, uh, you know, just defy logic. I have a uh, sort of a, uh, I guess, a precursor to this, or one of the ways that I was able to witness it, the industry I was able to witness it in when I was doing mortgages, flipping houses, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And and I knew a lot of people that did it professionally and soberly. Uh, they put their work into it. When they flipped a house, they did it with quality, you know, trying to put quality materials in, not always on the cheapest, you know, making proper decisions, but not sure. always just trying to slapdash something together. They were really trying to take a house that was in not great condition and reconditioning it into something that was good that they could then resell at a profit and, and give somebody a nice house. This is a 
good way to make money. There's nothing wrong with that. What happened in the early 2000s when when money was easy to get and everybody was doing this is you had a lot of people that didn't care because it was easy to do. They got into it. They they got some online course or back then it was probably, you know, some 800 number or 900 number they called to get a course on, on flipping real estate. And so everybody becomes an expert overnight. You can still make money doing it even as not being... Um, you know, an expert in the field. But what happens is the houses aren't flipped as well. Um, the the quality of the construction and stuff being put into it aren't as good. More things um, slip through the cracks because more people are doing it. They're not as uh, reliable in financing. You know, it it created it cratered a whole industry for a while because well, there no were doubt. too many people and, into it. And, and you you know you have this. Um Overnight, you know, when things are working, when a, when an industry or something is hot, you know, anybody can make money. <laughs> it's just, but but it's not sustainable sometimes because you're working on the edge of what works. Yeah, you've you've strayed too far from the fundamentals that'll actually prevail when things get hard again because things cycle in and out, and and that's what happens. Uh, you know, some of these things, you know, might work for now. But they're not fundamentally sound where they they can last. I mean, for instance, I've, I'm a real estate investor. I have a you know pretty good little portfolio of property that I built, but it didn't happen overnight. Right. It happened over 20 years, and when it you start, you don't really cash flow a whole lot of money. You 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 basically have to work to pay the things off and manage them, and you know change leaky faucets out. You know while you're not getting paid to do it. Right. Um, it's a long-term game, and, and, and over time it works if you stick to the fundamentals. But this overnight thing um, that's being sold quite frequently, on, particularly online, is, is um, um, in, in most cases something that really will just delay your progress because you'll have to start over. It, it almost never fails that um, the, the adage, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is, is still almost always the case yes. you know there's no such thing as instant wealth generation and it this just doesn't happen that it's different this time or you know that's old thinking you know old thinking is old thinking because it's worked right yeah. and and um that doesn't mean there can't be innovations that that uh change it but the fundamentals are you know you know are fundamentals i mean it's like gravity i mean we can do things around gravity but it's still <laughs> It yeah, right. Exists, you know. I, I will caution anybody when you hear somebody say when somebody pushes back against the quote unquote mainstream or institutional blank, whatever it might be, that's actually a red flag. If yeah. they're pushing back against, oh, the mainstream scientists don't want you to take the mainstream economists don't want you to take a look at exactly what they're talking about because. Uh, um, the chances are that what they're actually floating out there is something wildly unsupported by actual data. Yeah. And, and, and they claim to have special knowledge that, that decades or, in some cases, hundreds of years of study hasn't unearthed. And I don't trust that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and particularly when you look at those folks on the Internet that are, that are really hawking these things, um, you know, most of the time they've made their money selling these programs – not doing the program themselves. Yeah, that's just it. It's it's the it's not the actual thing within. It's the fact that they monetize the selling of the thing right. that that made them the money. And uh, there's there's a not a subtle difference. There's a major difference there, but they don't necessarily tell you that. That's right. Um, on the way that they're doing. What, what I find funny is there's some books that you can get that will tell you how to make make a fortune. And when you really look at it, they're basically just telling you to write that book. 
It's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically all they're doing. Uh, pretend expertise that you sell. I mean, it's really just part of the process. It's like, oh, so I'm actually actively participating in your scam. I see how it works now. Yeah. Thanks for yeah. telling us. That's good stuff. John Burdett from Fourth Avenue Financial. Let me make sure to get the information out to you one more time. First of all, Winning at Wealth, the podcast John will put together. A new episode will drop tomorrow. You can find those every week. So that's at winningatwealth.com. Winningatwealth.com is where you can find that podcast. It's an independent one separate from this one that drops every week on Tuesday mornings. You can find more information out about Fourth Avenue Financial online. It's fourthavenuefinancial.com. Spell out the whole thing, fourthavenuefinancial.com, and do that same like on Facebook, and uh, you can find it over there. Located at 170 Court Street, downtown Charleston, across from the Town Center Mall. The phone number for Fourth Avenue Financial is 304-746-7977. 304-746-7977 is uh, the number that you can call, and uh, John will be back here next week. That's true. You covered it all there. So if uh, if you need to take a look at, uh, need to have John take a look at your portfolio, see where you stand. If you need some uh, advice in the short, long term, or just how to plan your retirement, you can give John a call again. That number is 304-746-7977. We'll see you back here next week then. Okay. Take care. Thanks a bunch. That's John Burdett. I'm Dale Cooper. Coming up next, it's going to be 580 or the Dave Allen Show with Dave Allen. It's Mayor Monday. Uh, then uh, Hoppy Kirchival will be back at 10.06. And then I'll be back this afternoon at uh, 3 o'clock with Dave Weekly for a minute. Have a great day, everyone. You're listening to 580 WCHS, the voice of Charleston.